Welcome to the Joyful Journey podcast. If you're looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose or how to activate that purpose, and you are someone who wants to operate from your highest self to be a force for good you know this world craves, then this is the show for you. I'm Anita Adams, your host and guide to finding clarity and creating a life you love. Let's tap into our inner wisdom, access our highest self, and unleash joy. As we do this, we raise our vibration and heighten the collective consciousness. And that, my friend, is the joyful journey. Let's dive in. Hey, Joyful Journeyer, Anita Adams here, your enthusiastic host, and I'm thrilled to guide you through today's episode featuring the incredible Dwight Dale Miller. Dwight is not just a healer, a transformational coach and author. He's also a dedicated soul on a mission to empowering individuals in overcoming obstacles, embarking on profound awakenings, embracing healing, and ultimately thriving while living their absolute best lives. Dwight's personal transformative journey originated from a series of challenging life experiences that cultivated deep compassion and an unwavering commitment to serving others. Through Dwight's guidance, his clients are experiencing profound shifts in their life, increased awareness, positive energy, and a boost in personal empowerment. Today, our focus delves into the essence of lasting happiness, a topic at the core of one of Dwight's latest books titled The Formula for Lasting Happiness for Teens, Kids, Parents, and Everyone Else. So get ready for an insightful conversation that promises to unveil the secrets to a fulfilled and joyful existence. Welcome, Dwight. I'm so happy to have you here today. All right. Thank you so much, Anita. That was quite an introduction. So <laughs> I'll, I'll uh, do my best to live up to that. <laughs> awesome. Well, we'll just have some fun, whatever happens, whatever happens. So. Oh, yes. We're, we'll just play. That's how well, I like it. Good. Me too. That's how I like to row as well. Okay. So how to live a joyful life is actually, that's very much my jam. So I am excited to learn your particular formula for lasting happiness. So let's, let's, um, let's dive into that. And, and I understand that you have a, a six step formula. So can you give us first to start like a, just a quick overview of those six steps, and then we can take a deeper dive into each one for, through this episode. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay. Right. So step number one, it's connecting to the heart. As we were talking about a little before, everything's the heart, like the passion, the heart, right? A lot of our negative stuff is here, but love, happiness, joy, right? If you're, you're not going to experience a lot of joy here, the joy is here. Right. So number one is heart connection. Two is self-love. Because we're all not necessarily that great loving to ourselves, right? And if you're on a journey to, toward love, universal love, it starts with learning to love yourself, which most of us weren't taught how to do, okay? And number three is just being able to perceive how the universe is always showing us what we need to see within ourselves. It's that mirroring concept. So... It's really awareness. Once you become aware, now you have choices you can make, okay? 
And the fourth step I call freeing yourself. It is making those choices. And as a healer, I'm really good at helping people identify their blocks, whether it's beliefs, emotions, energy, past experiences. It's not that hard to release. It's all in the past. It doesn't exist anymore. And I teach people how to do that themselves. Okay. So once you know what the universe is guiding you to do, and you're able to release yourself. Now you're moving forward in your power. Okay. So just the first four steps are incredible. <laughs> um, fifth step is easy. It's like start enjoying your life. Okay. And while it sounds simple, like my number one most profound discovery when I started doing healing work with others is how many people really have very little or even zero joy in their life. Mm. Like I could even ask them, well, what do you like to do or what brings you joy? And some people literally could not answer that, right? So most of us could be doing more time carving some of that busy time out of our schedule and making time for ourselves, which is also part of self-love. And then the last step, number six, is really just cultivating gratitude. And it's going to happen naturally, right? When, when you're in the flow and you're enjoying life and you're happy, right? You can't help but feeling grateful and then you want to serve others, right? Because that's the most fulfilling feeling there is absolutely perfect okay this is great i love this the the six steps now i want to i want to break them down um a little bit more um i i love the simplicity of of these steps um and now let's let's just dive into them and i think i love that we also start with how to connect with the heart and why that's important because that that's the essence of it and i my sense is that it all grows from there. So let's let's talk. How do you connect with the heart? All right. And that's well said. And I tell everyone this is the one thing to master mm-hmm. because it, it is so important because we're all busy, 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 busy. Yeah. And like I said, this is negative and this is limiting, right? It's limited to our conscious mind and what we've experienced before. This is why when we say, do you want to play? Now, all of a sudden, you're surpassing that the, all those blocks, which we can maybe we'll play later. We'll see. Okay. Awesome. So my heart connections process is very simple. It starts with your vision. When you're looking out, you'll start to notice that you tend to look at one object at a time. Okay. And. If you relax your vision so you see everything like wide to the sides of your eyes, it's similar to when you look out over the ocean or the horizon, right? When you relax your vision, you relax your mind. So with your eyes or your vision relaxed, then I want you to start to notice your breath. That brings you present, okay? And then in your heart space, find a feeling of happiness or joy or love, whether it's a memory, a place in nature with a pet or a child, whatever it is, and feel that as you're keeping your vision relaxed and noticing your breath. Can I can I cut in for a second? I'm I'm stumbling on the relaxed vision bit. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm sitting in front of a screen. Mm-hmm. Do I should I 
can I close my eyes and relax my vision or do I, is it eyes open and trying, like, I, I'm really having a hard time with that. Like, how do I, how do I relax my vision? If it, whatever works for you, if you can turn to the side, maybe where you have more space or look beyond your computer. Right. Okay. Just relax your vision. So you're not focused on any one thing. And you can kind of see wide to both sides. I call it seeing oneness because everything is equal. Okay. Are you there? Or are you looking at one thing? I'm looking at one thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just need to do this with my eyes closed. <laughs> I love it. All right. And it's the more, the more I'm trying to focus on not looking at one thing. It's like the pink <laughs> elephant in the room. I'm like seeing the little <laughs> drop of water on, on a branch. On a I Oh, my gosh. It. Okay. I love it. I think you're literally the first person I've had this with. So I love it. <laughs> And of course, it's on a podcast. I'm the so. difficult one. Is that right. what you're saying? So let's play. Okay. Okay. You might be a very mental person, so this is, this will be a very powerful <laughs> exercise for you. Play. I want you to imagine you're looking out over the ocean, and there's nothing on the surface of the ocean. There's no sunset. It's like water and sky. Can I close my eyes doing that? Absolutely. I wonder if I, maybe I'm ADHD. I just got too many things going on around me. So I'm going to, okay, closing my eyes. Okay. I do imagine that. you're gazing into the distance, not focused on anything. Okay. Do you feel a little more relaxed that way? Yes, I do. Okay. Start to notice your breath, just your tummy going in and out or however you breathe. And then feel something, love, a joyous memory, your kids or nature or loved ones in your heart. So keeping your vision relaxed, noticing your breath and feeling that love, joy, or happiness, okay? When you practice this, you can switch it in a split second. Like I literally, and it helps to smile as well because that opens the crown too. Mm -hmm. It lightens the heart. I can switch this like in an instant. I'll just relax my vision and smile and I'm there. It's that fast with the little practice, okay? So throughout the day when your mind is going, going, going and you just wanna take a step back, you can just connect with the heart. I try and spend literally all the time possible in my heart. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Okay. Like I, I have a certain... I don't know what I, maybe it's a oneness awareness. I can kind of be connected to many things at one time. Mm -hmm. and That's where I go when I go to my heart space. Right. But it was, a, it was a major battle to get here because I have a degree in finance. I was a CPA. I used to be a director of financial planning and analysis. So I literally analyzed numbers for a living. Right. Okay. So if I can switch from here to here, right. anyone can do it. Yeah. But I just had to keep going back, keep going back. And this It's like, this it's like developing was, a muscle, isn't it? Where, where you just keep practicing that, that skill so you can get to that space faster and faster with practice. Right. And here's a profound way I think about it. Like, Animals are in their heads, right? They're present, they're unconditional love, they play and they're compassionate. When we were little, Anita, 
when we are, you're like three years old and you've had kids, right? We're happy. We're just us. We wake up and we play and we go about our day. We're present, right? And we're generally happy. So somewhere as we grew older, we crammed all these things in our mind, all these perceptions, all these expectations, all these beliefs, all these desires, all these self-judgments. A lot of us had parents where if we, when we screwed up, we got punished, right? So then we're like, oh, you dummy, you screwed up, <laughs> right? And this is why I subtitled the book for teens, kids, parents, and everyone else, because if we can learn to embrace our mistakes instead of being so hard on ourselves when we're little, like there's, if you can stand, if a child can stand in a mirror and look into their eyes and say, Anita, I love you. Mm-hmm. And if we learn that self-love, which is the next step early on, and we embrace our mistakes instead of beating ourselves up and judging ourselves, we'll be so much more powerful in life. We won't be stuck Right. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. I think self-love is uh, is the key. Love is the key, the, the answer to pretty much everything, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> um, and it, it starts with self-love. I really think that's. Uh, I agree with that. We got to start there. Um, and I like that you you you've got this listed as you know how to connect connecting with your heart first because that actually leads to the love piece doesn't it like that that's where the the love sits so do you have any tips on how to boost your sense of self-love yep and you're exactly right you've got to be in love to learn to love right um i as a parent i was a single dad of my three girls for a long time while they were growing up. And if you said, well, do you love yourself? I would have said, sure, you know. But when I started doing the healing work and going deep down that path, I realized, no, I really don't. And and very few people do. Because again, we're not, we're kind of taught the opposite. We're very hard on ourselves. We're very judgmental. And we are so powerful, energetically, emotionally, mentally, that we use all that power really kind of against ourselves, right? So self-love is about putting you first. I used to say, if my girls are happy, I'm happy. So how did that work out for me, you think? <laughs> yeah, I learned from my children that I had to be happy first before before anything else. Right. And parents, I think, especially moms, right? They're always worrying about their kids or many of us, right? We're generalizing here. And, you know, they're their own powerful souls and beings. And we all came in to learn and have our experiences. And we've got to allow them to do that. You know, we can be there for them and help them. But ultimately, we all make our own choices and we all have our own path, right? Our own growth experience yeah so self-love you've got to put you number one if you're always taking care of everyone else right your tank empties and then you crash yeah and a lot of us you know myself included i i've had i've experienced some big crashes in my life because i was taking care of everyone else and not not myself 
It's similar with happiness. Have you ever tried to make someone else happy? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a miserable experience trying to make somebody else happy. <laughs> right. So if you can't make someone else happy, who is going to make you happy? Yeah. Right. It's gotta be you. Yeah. And it's about taking care of number one. Like many of us, we put things aside that we really wanted to do. Or maybe we're feeling called to do, but yet we support our spouse or our kids or whatever. And we all our time and energy is going there. And a lot of times, this is one of the causes of low back pain, actually, because we're giving, you may have resentment. It's giving away our power and our energy. And when you take that power and energy back, the sacral or the lower dantian is an incredible power center in the body. Yeah. And it's the major cause under low back pain, just as an example. And I've had people clear it in five minutes. Wow. <laughs> just because you take back your power. Okay, I'm responsible for me in every aspect of my life. It's not, doesn't mean I'm going to be a jerk to everyone else, but... Now I'm important and you're important and we're going to balance that now, right? Yeah. And respect and honor each other. And hopefully you've got your things you want to do. And mm. if I'm your partner, I support you. And then similar with me, I have things I want to do and you support me. To me, that's kind of the ideal relationship. We've had different, I don't know, paradigms, I'll call them, right? socially and then a lot of us grew up with and that's why self-love has been challenging i think for a lot of us yeah yeah and uh just carving out a bit of time for yourself on a daily basis can be a great starting place isn't it like just um identifying maybe one thing that that uh is for you you know if if if, if trying to do if you've been putting everybody else before yourself it's a hard shift, I think, to to make. But if you can start with the baby steps, you know, like every day have one thing that you do that's one hundred percent for your for you for your joy, for your betterment, or your you know, yeah, good, <laughs> love that. Yeah. Okay, um, let's talk about number three: the awareness that universe is always mirroring to you what you need to see within yourself. Talk to us about that. All right. This is kind of a spiritual lesson because a lot of us, and myself included, I wasn't aware of this concept for at least 40 years of my life. But and you, when you look at people, a lot of times you see patterns in their lives, okay? And a lot of times this is simply because there's a lesson that they haven't quite gotten yet. So the universe keeps bringing it to them again. It says, look, Anita. You still haven't figured this out. So we're going to give you an experience to remind you that you still need to figure it out. Hmm. Okay. That can so be hard to life... hear if you've got a lot of bad stuff happening in your life. <laughs> right. But uh, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, if you're an old soul, like probably everyone on this call, you'll get it. And you've had your experiences. And like the old saying, you, you may not remember what they said or did, but you remember how it made you feel. Yeah. Okay. 
It's the feeling that is the key. The experiences may be different, but the resulting feelings may be the same. That's really interesting. I've never heard it put like that. So instead of looking at the situation, look at what it's evoking within you and explore the feelings, not the not necessarily the situation. Correct. And then a is there a, a question that you ask yourself at that point? Correct. And a lot of people can see this this way when they start to look at their relationship patterns, if they've had multiple relationships. Did those relationships ultimately give you the similar feelings? Okay. And do any of those feelings remind you of something earlier in life that maybe your relationship or experiences with mom or dad or someone else significant in your early life? Okay. Because probably 80, 90% of what we come in to learn, it's presented to us early in life. Our parents have agreements with us. They know what you came in here for and they agreed to play this part in your movie. And say, like in my case, I wanted to learn about feeling unloved and unwanted Mm. and similar emotions to persecution because I had a lot of past life persecution as a healer, okay? So I had some rough experiences at some point in my childhood where I felt helpless and powerless and unloved and unwanted, okay? So I basically went through 40 years of relationships with women. I was divorced twice, where the relationships made me feel unloved and unwanted, okay? Because I hadn't figured it out yet. And very few of us have this level of awareness, right? This is what why I started writing the books and I, I do what I do. Because when people start to get it, oh my goodness, does their life shift? Mm. They're like, oh my God, I freaking get it. (laughs) If you keep having experiences that make you feel frustration or resentment or anger or um, betrayal, like some people, they get cheated on right through their relationships. Again, it's Patterns are a really big indicator that it's an important lesson for you to wake up and say, okay, I can see I have a pattern in betrayal or resentment or feeling unloved, unwanted, whatever it is. There's certain flavors, right, that we come to experience here. It's like 31 flavors, Baskin Robbins. (laughs) (laughs) These are earth flavors come to experience. And... When you figure it out, I mean, it may be, okay, I get it. You're teaching me. I'm learning about resentment. I didn't come for a high school diploma. I'm getting a doctorate in this, right? If you're an old soul, you're getting a doctorate. I can see that in your numerology too. And you say, okay. And then I help people release that energy. You can do simple things and it, It's all structured as play or visualization because that takes you out of the conscious and subconscious box that limits us. You can just visualize. Some people pull cords or you can give the shape, give it a shape in certain sensory aspects. You can can just pull it out. And is is that um, is is that what you're leading us into the next one? Freeing yourself. um, Step number four. Is that what you're talking about? 
So freeing That's yourself, correct. knowing how to release and deal with it, uh, being in your power. Okay. Okay, good. So just yeah. back up a moment. Um, so the awareness piece, looking at um, the patterns, like being aware, seeing if there's a repeat that's happening in your in your life, identifying the patterns, trying to trace it back to where's the beginning of of this pattern um, showing up in my life. Okay, and then we go to the, the the next step, freeing yourself. So let's let's dive more into that now. And let me recap because you did a beautiful recap there. You don't always have to figure it out, like okay. what the beginning or first experience is. I am trained in inner child work. Right. Um, so you can go back and release it with that version of you. But the universe sometimes wants you to be aware and sometimes you don't need to. Okay. Again, the mind wants to figure out everything. It's not necessarily. Hmm. Like I, I work with guides or your soul or whatever you want to call it. They, they know, they guide me and us through the process. Right. We don't have to figure it out. They know what to do. So is it then just awareness that there is a repeat pattern happening and then just a question, question, why is this happening? So you don't have to be aware of the, the beginnings. You just have to be aware of the repeat patterns and then right. start to try to understand what is mine to learn from this. Right. How does it make me feel? How does it make okay. me feel? That's a really good question to ask. Okay. How does this make me feel? And it's similar because symptoms in the body are related to emotions and energy. So sometimes if somebody has, let's say, low back pain, I'll say, well, when you think about your pain, what emotions does that make you feel? <laughs> like if someone's going around and they're feeling powerless in their their love relationship or their work relationship, you know, that's that's going to generate symptoms in the body potentially okay and okay. traditional chinese medicine mapped emotions to the organs thousands of years ago so this isn't dwight coming up with new stuff this yeah. is really old wisdom okay okay um so that's important the other thing about patterns it's hardest to see ourselves right yeah. It's a lot easier to look at the other person and say, well, this is your pattern. <laughs> or why do you keep dating someone like your dad or your mom? You know, And you're like, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. So if you're having trouble seeing patterns, just ask someone who knows you well. Yeah. They'll, they'll be like, okay, how much time do you have? <laughs> I'll lay out all your patterns for you. <laughs> right. So just that, but awareness is 80, 90% of it. Okay. Once you're becoming aware now you're like, oh, and by the way, the heart connection, I like to say, once you get a little time there, you'll become aware that you have two voices. You have the voice that comes from the heart that is self-loving and supportive. And then you have the monkey mind. So again, that's another powerful awareness or that comes out of the heart connection and self-love. So, so much is awareness. That's like 80, 90%. Okay. So then we get to freeing yourself, step four. Um, I went through most of my life. I didn't even know what a healer was. I mean, I have biblical references to what Jesus did and the miracles and stuff, but I didn't know anyone who did Reiki or anything. 
Um, but now I'm trained in several modalities. I've created my own modality and I'm very intuitive or empathic. It's basically given to me what a client needs or can release in a session. And it's not hard to release. Whatever happened, and even if it's just energy, like sometimes we'll associate meaning or a heaviness to some emotions like, oh, it's grief or, oh, it's trauma. Okay. But I'll say, well, one, you don't have to experience it again to release it. Okay. And two, it's just energy. It's an imprint that happened in the past. It's still in your field. And I'll say, just envision it as flavors. It could be cherry, lime, lemon. Maybe if you don't like something, it's black licorice for me. It's like a weird flavor. But I just make it flavors. So it, it lightens everything. Because we're just playing, okay? And then I'll have people pull cords or pull it out. Or I want them to just visualize it. Because this is taking us outside of the mind. We're playing. So visualize it and feel it. And people feel it. <laughs> and they'll be like, I pulled cords from YouTube, but when you do it, like I really feel it. Oh, wow. And that's that's just because I've I've cleared my stuff for the most part. So I just have a lot of energy or whatever. I have a lot of help. Like it's not me, right? I'm just a conduit. Mm -hmm. And I'm very open. Right. So there, there is a mirror release in the formula for lasting happiness. Um, you go through different things and you, a lot of it is intention. Because we are so powerful. And when you ask the divine for help, they help you. Mm -hmm. You don't ask for help. They'll honor your free will to be yourself in the kind of the animal body monkey mind. And that's your choice. Yeah. And I, I think that it goes to um, back to the the second um, step in being able to love yourself enough to ask for help, right? Yeah. Yes. I, I'm working with a client right now, and she's very intuitive and very tuned in with her her spirit guides, and yet she's not asking for help personally oh my goodness i know and i'm like oh we can do this like this is for you you know love yourself deeply and ask for it and you will you will you will be given it and she's helping so many other people and yet she's she's not uh not tuning in and asking for it for herself so. right so there's probably an underlying belief or limiting belief or self-judgment right there's a self-love thing going on there Oh right. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I think she's aware of, well, she is aware of that too. So that's, <laughs> that's what we're working on. But um, yeah. Yeah. And then that's a great example of how it manifests. Like when you have a behavior, whatever it is, there is a reason, right? Underneath an emotion, an experience, a belief that's, that's underneath that behavior, right? The subconscious is just running based on that belief, experience, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can literally go in and just modify or delete those programs. Just mm -hmm. like you can release energy. It's the same with beliefs and, and programs. Yeah. And 
that goes back to the previous steps of again um, connecting with the heart, the self love, and the the awareness piece. Um, at all, I see, I can see how it all works um, together like that. Is there anything else mm -hmm. you want to add to um, the freeing yourself step? Um, I'll just encourage people that everything is possible here, and it doesn't have to be difficult. Like I said. I don't care if it was trauma or, or what the labels are. I know some of us have had incredibly exp intense experiences, but you can release it. Yeah. You don't have to let it define you, right? Um, you can step into your power and you can let everything go and move forward without carrying any of that forward. Something has come up for me um, recently, just a, a, a concept, and it's not it's not original um, by any stretch of the imagination, but it felt really profound when it landed. And it was uh, this idea that we are not our thoughts. And if we can step outside of our thoughts and observe our thoughts, that we're able to more easily let go of our, our of our thoughts and our and our thoughts become our beliefs. So yeah, just uh, I, I don't know if you if that's something that um, resonates with you or if that makes sense to you. But it's just something that um, I've been writing about in my my morning journaling practice that I'm I am not my thoughts. I'm who's observing my thoughts. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> There's somebody else. <laughs> that's my higher self observing my thoughts. And oh, I don't like that thought. I think I can let that thought go. You know, it becomes almost like these different entities, if you will, within. And I, I, I believe that that's almost like the the God entity and the the ego entity, or the higher self and the you know the inner critic. You know, so just interesting. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful awareness. I'll actually, to me, that's a lot like what I call the two voices. Because mm. when you're in your heart, you're connected to God and the divine, Yeah. right? Because that, that's love, that's compassion, that's joy, that's happiness. Yeah. And I call it the monkey mind because it is. And it, it's funny because I'll, I'll cuss a little bit here. I had... In my weekly program, I had a group coaching program where the student, in my first class, I don't plan what I'm going to say, but when you're observing, when you're not here and you're not identifying with all this, you will realize that some of the things you think are just absolutely ridiculous, right? And in that class, I, I described it as, that's total fucking bullshit. <laughs> Like, you know, it's not true, whatever. And it's funny because I laughed because I got an email from her after the class. And she says, oh, my God, I love the, the that's fucking bullshit process. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she's like, I was literally in the shower and I caught myself thinking, like, I'm not a good person. And she called herself her mind out right then and there. And she's nice. like. That's fucking bullshit, you know, in the shower. I'm like just laughing as I'm picturing it. Right. You know? I'm like, that is so awesome because the absolutely most ridiculous thoughts come into our heads. Okay. Yeah. I mm -hmm. love that. If that if there's 
anything you take away from this uh, this talk, joyful journey, or take that, if you know, take that. <laughs> that's that's fucking bullshit. You know, for those thoughts that are not serving you. So challenge the thoughts. Challenge the thoughts. Um, you know, yeah. ask yourself: Is that is that true? Is that really true? And see what happens. But I, I like your your approach. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> well, it just happens, like. This question you asked is an incredibly deep question because I have, I've gotten into some Eastern philosophies, like I do Qigong and I've read some of the Eastern guru type stuff, right? And they'll ask, who am I, right? And this is how they keep, keep bypassing this conscious, unconscious. You asked the question like we had in our course we shared, right? those questions that they go out, the conscious mind can't answer them. Right. And you ask a question like that and the universe is gonna bring you proof, right? Yeah. We use these questions in a negative way. Like someone asked me recently, I know all these people, they, they say, why is it when everything is going well, something always bad happens? Right. And I'm like, you have a belief here. <laughs> and if you ask, if you ask the universe and yourself, why does something always bad happen when things are going great? Right? This is how powerful we are. You're going to manifest that and life is going to bring you proof. It says you're right. Yeah. Something bad does come up when things are going well. So you can use this on your positive aspect, right? The more things you can take out of the negative column where we're using our power and the negative, maybe not for our highest good and happiness. You bring it over to the positive and you say, I understand that life isn't just always getting better and better, but there's little dips and then it goes higher and dips and it goes higher. You know, why does life keep getting better and better? Why do I keep learning? and growing and becoming such a better, more wise, more grateful person, whatever it is for you, right? Yeah. I do. I do love that practice. You know, that that's, uh, it's called the, just for those listening, it's called the, the lofty questions, asking yourself a lofty question, um, such as why is my podcast so successful? Why do so <laughs> many people want to buy my book? Why do I have such a hot and sexy relationship? Like, so these are some of my, <laughs> just a little insight into my window. <laughs> exactly. But, the universe yeah. is going to answer that question and show you why, right? Yeah. yeah. And even if you don't believe it a little bit initially, you just keep doing it. And now yeah. you've got that energy on the positive side. Yeah. And it's but, playful. It's fun and it's curious, right? Right. Yeah. But this going back to the awareness that you're not your thoughts, right? This is what we do in the healing work too. Else you can if someone has an experience or maybe you want to view an inner child, you can say, well, let's imagine it's on a TV or a movie or you're sitting on a bench and ob observing it. So I'll put you in the role of an observer that helps people be less attached to mm -hmm. the experience, right? But I go back to these old gurus, they're like, eliminate the mind, 
And then it's like, you're basically enlightened. If you could totally eliminate thought, right? You're in that enlightenment. You're in oneness. I believe you're, you're being in your heart. Like the pictures of Buddha and these monks, right? They're smiling. Mm. You're not, if you start to notice when you're in your head, you're not smiling. You're, I only smile when I'm in my heart. Yeah, it's true. So they're all in their heart. Love it. Awesome. I love all of that. All right. Um, so freeing yourself. We talked a, a little bit about that, that process. Uh, let's move on to step number five, enjoying life. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, it seems kind of obvious, but maybe it's not. I know. Well, it is obvious. But again, when you look at how a lot of us are spending our lives and our time, we're not. And especially if we're working and we're parents and we've got a spouse, I mean, it's like we are so busy, right? Yeah. I mean, Americans, they get like two weeks of vacation per year and they don't even use the whole two weeks. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous, right? So it's like, take a step back. It's like, what experiences do you want to have in life, right? Because the time goes by so fast, right? What's your bucket list? What makes your heart sing? When you're connecting with your heart, what do I want to do with my life? What brings me joy? What am I passionate about? You know, if you want to be of service, do I want to be of service? What is What does that look like? What did I love to do as a child, but I don't do anymore? You know, and that that will um, again that takes us back to the first two steps in my mind. This is how I'm making the connections, anyways, um, because you need to you know the, the step is connecting with your heart. So you're asking that your higher self, your soul voice, your your heart, what is it that I really love? What do I want? How do how can I create a life that feels meaningful to me? So that's that connection to that heart space, and you can you can experience more and understand more if there's um, room for self-love. So I'm thinking that the way to really enjoy life is to invest time with yourself to understand what it is that you really want and how you want to create a life so you can enjoy it. So you've got that clarity, right? I hit it. Percent. <laughs> awesome. And like, you know, it right? makes sense. Like what you said at the beginning of the show that, um, you know, you've got clients that you ask them, you know, what do you enjoy? And they don't know how to answer that. They, you know, and it's because we're not making time for ourselves. We're, you know, we're, we're wearing that busy badge ever so proudly you know, and it somehow feeds our sense of self-worth if the busier we are. And what we, what I've learned um, in my transformative journey is to really slow down and stop that and to yeah. really pay attention to what my heart wants, what my soul is calling to me. And that comes from making myself a priority and learning to love myself. Oh. Right. And to circle back exactly what you're saying, like so many of us, right, we're so influenced when we're young by our parents and others and by society, right? We may go to law school or to med school because that's what our parents wanted us to do. Or we may be in the family business, right? 
a lot of us have some influences where we're doing things that are making others happy, right? But exactly. ultimately that may not be serving us. Yeah. And so much of our lives for many of us is influenced in that way. So you're right. When you're self-love, it's like, and I, when we had talked before this call, I had a point in my life where I was like, I had the 2.2 children and I, I got a degree. I had a good career. You know, I had all this stuff and I was not happy. Mm-hmm. And I literally, and I had a, I manifested the car accident and divorce and all these other things. And my dad was dying. So like, Life will try and wake you up at some point because your soul, you came here to do things and to learn and grow. And you do have a calling of some sort, every one of us. And the universe is mirroring that to you and they're trying to get your attention. And if you're not getting it, they will get your attention, right? They're going to up their game. Right. So cause upheaval in your life if you're not paying attention. Right, right. You can you can go the easy way. And that's what I'll say. I'm like, please, I don't need another car accident or this or that. I'm like, I am listening and I ask all the time. All oh, I do is that. Yeah. And it's all connected, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, in our society, right? We want we want the big house and the fancy car and this and that, and like a lot of us achieve it, and they're still not happy. <laughs> I've met people who own multi-billion dollar companies and they're not happy, right? Yeah. So it all starts with here. Yeah, with the heart, 100%. Awesome. Okay, gratitude, our last step in this six-step process to happiness. Yeah, so you're connected with your heart. You're loving yourself. You're aware of what the universe and life is showing you. And you're able to resolve those things, learn, grow. You're in your power. You're enjoying life now. So I'm thinking you're probably pretty happy and feeling fulfilled. And very few people I know are actually right in this phase. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing and you're doing what you're doing, right? And it's like, you can't help but feel grateful. So number six kind of evolves naturally. Mm-hmm. With it, most of us want to be of service. Like if you ask someone, well, if you won the lottery, if you didn't have to work, if you had everything you could ever want in life, what would you do? A lot of people would say, I want to help people. Some people say, I'm going to go retire on an island, <laughs> which is fine. There's There's no judgment, right? But for me, when I was asked that question, I'm like, I want to help other people, right? And especially when you go through, like you suffer and you struggle and I don't view anything as bad anymore, right? We also have this polarity when you become more aware that things happen for a reason, right? And some of our biggest growth comes out of our most challenging experiences. I can be grateful for my roughest experiences, You know, that time in my life where everything crashed on me at once, that's when I became spiritual, Hmm. right? And that's where my real transformation began. Right. So you can even feel grateful for that bad time in your life because it led to something much better, much bigger. 
Yeah. A hundred percent. Like I've got my scars and I'm proud of them now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sometimes it takes a little while to get there. Um, and, and when yep. we do, it's pretty awesome. Okay. Very, very cool. And, you know, I, the gratitude, I think it also, that practice helps to expand your heart even more, you know, and help you to get more connected to that space. And it's, it's just like this, it's almost like an infinity loop, right? That it just keeps going and you, you build, um, you build that connection, you deepen that love, the awareness starts to become more expansive. You start to identify the patterns you're able to be in a place to free and let go of the things you start to enjoy life more and more and you're feeling more grateful and then your heart expands more and it just keeps going <laughs> right so i love it it's just beautiful <laughs> awesome thank I you so much for sharing 100 <laughs> sorry you get a hundred percent like a plus yeah, a yeah. plus 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 <laughs> awesome. Very good. Um, I understand you have a gift that you want to uh, leave the listener that um, you can direct them. I've got the link. I can share it in uh, in the show notes. Um, but can you remind us what uh, what that is that you're you're leaving for the listener? If you go to my website, DwightDaleMiller.com, there's some freebies on there. Great. And if you're interested in one of my group programs or coaching or, or whatever, uh, you can book a spot on my calendar and just put something that you saw me on Anita's podcast and I'll give you a discount. There Refer to well. yourself as a joyful journeyer. There you go. Like, hey, you Dwight, go. I'm, I'm a joyful journeyer. <laughs> and there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. That's brilliant. Thank you so much. And we'll put all of that information in the in the show notes. And uh, yeah, thank you. I, I enjoyed this, uh, this conversation. You, you make me smile, you make my heart expand. <laughs> Just being here and having these, uh, these chats and joyful journey. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed the show, please um, subscribe to, uh, to the joyful journey podcast, leave a comment, do a review, reach out, share, spread the love, <laughs> do it all. <laughs> all right. Thanks for tuning in and we'll, we'll catch you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on the joyful journey podcast. If anything resonated for you from today's show, or if you are looking for more clarity in your life, clarity of purpose, or how to activate that purpose, then head over to joyfuljourney.ca and become a member of our community. We'll start by sending you a free download of our three guiding principles to inner wisdom, which will give you a great foundation for finding the clarity you are seeking. And you'll become part of a growing community of people who are raising the collective consciousness. So head over to joyfuljourney.ca and I look forward to connecting with you directly.